Well, the truckers have taught us anything. It's that we are infinitely more powerful when we stick together. And the same goes for supporting businesses that believe in the United States of America and your right to live free. And that is why I am proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and I want you to as well. Patriot Mobile offers broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as the major carriers you get, the same great nationwide coverage, plus the peace of mind that your money is going to support your right to freedom of speech. It is not going to people who hate you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100% US-based customer support team provides excellent customer support. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veterans and first responder heroes. Where do you go? It's patriotmobile.com slash POSO, and you get free activation with promo code POSO. Veterans and first responders, you will save even more, so make the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares our values. Patriotmobile.com slash POSO. That's patriotmobile.com slash POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top headlines, Ukraine invasion. We're going to give you a day five update on what's going on in Russia, what's going on in Ukraine, and whether or not NATO will be getting involved. Next, a flashback. Russian President Putin was found funding green groups to discredit national natural gas fracking. Interesting. Hmm. Number three, a January 6th rioter has committed suicide while awaiting sentencing. We're going to talk about this. And then finally, Governor DeSantis will not, I repeat not, be sending the Florida National Guard troops to D.C. for the State of the Union tonight. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, the president has been very clear uh, that he is not intending to send U.S. troops to fight a war with Russia. And I think what's important to note here is that is essentially what this would be a step toward, because a no-fly zone would require implementation. It would require deploying U.S. military to enforce, uh, which would be a direct conflict, uh, potentially a direct conflict and potentially war with Russia, which is something we are not planning to be a part of. All right, we are now on day five of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And of course, Human Events Daily does not support war. Let me be very clear about that. We don't want war. We've never supported war. And this war was started by Vladimir Putin, the Kremlin, Russia's generals, Russia's oligarchs. They are the ones guilty of starting this specific conflict, period, full stop. But that being said, as I've said before, we're not going to lie about how we got here. What's the situation on the ground as it is? Just moments before we went to tape today, we started to see initial missile strikes on command and control, on broadcasting, on TV antennas in the city itself, the capital city of Kiev. We're also seeing the encirclement of Kiev in multiple groups, tranches of Russian forces that have, um, that have uh, driven across the line from the north, from Belarus and from Ukraine. Now keep in mind, these are Russian troops on Belarusian territory, not Belarusian troops yet. Though we are also hearing reports that Belarus is moving to militarize its border. What does that mean? Time will tell. Lukashenko is, of course, a pro-Russian autocrat, the leader of uh, Belarus. Many people have referred to him as Europe's last dictator. We will remain very closely keeping an eye on him to see what happens. But when it comes to this situation, Kharkiv in the northeast 
has been essentially encircled by Russia in the area of Donbass, this, this area that supposedly started all of this, which was used to destabilize the entire situation. We are seeing those forces push out and in the south, probably most successfully by the Russian advance at this point, we've seen that land bridge be almost nearly connected between the southern advancing Russian forces out of Crimea, as well as Russian forces pushing out and Russia-backed separatists on the city of Mariupol, right in between this area between where Crimea and the Donbass would meet, really on the port city of Mariupol. We're also hearing President Zelensky, the Ukrainian side, right, has called for the Europe and NATO to impose a no-fly zone on Ukraine. We're also hearing reports of Ukrainian legislatures calling for uh, NATO jets to be sent from Slovakia, from Poland, from Bulgaria, from other countries to aid in the fight. However, however, that would be a massive escalation of the situation, massive escalation, and would be an actual NATO commitment to an act of war on Russia. That would start, very clear, a shooting war with Russia that is not in America's national interest. No American president, no American president in the modern era, whether Republican or Democrat, has ever supported getting into a shooting war with Russia, period. Not during Syria, not during any of this stuff. You know, JFK, going all the way back to the Cuban Missile Crisis, it's said that he's read, he read a book called The Guns of August during that time. What was The Guns of August about? It was about those initial steps in the, in the weeks, the very few weeks of August 1914, the beginning of World War I, the steps that were taken by those leaders, by the Tsar, by the Kaiser, by the King of England, that led to that war beginning. And it said that he read that book and he realized that the leaders thought they were making the right call, but they were wrapped up in their emotions and they were wrapped up in their own self-righteousness and self-belief that if they escalated things quickly, that they would be in for a short war and they would come home with a quick victory. Yet that didn't happen and they were bogged down in the quagmire and the trench warfare and the absolute disgusting brutality that was World War I. And JFK read that, President Kennedy, he read that book about it and said, we cannot allow this to happen again and we certainly cannot allow this to happen if the ravages of nuclear war are on the table. Make no mistake, they were on the table then and they're on the table now in 2022. And so I pray that our leaders and that the people of the free nations pay attention to President Kennedy's wisdom during those 13 days, those fateful 13 days, and understand the lesson of that book, The Guns of August. Do not allow our leaders to escalate this into a much wider war that could have continental consequences. In 2011, in November 2011, I actually sat next to Vladimir Putin at a conference in which he made precisely that point. It was the first time that he had actually done so uh, to a group of American journalists and experts who were brought to something called the Valdai Discussion Club. So we started in 2011 making it very clear that he saw American fracking as a great threat to Russian interests. We were all struck by how much he stressed this issue. And it's since 2011 and since that particular juncture that Putin has made a big deal of this. So that was Fiona Hill. Fiona Hill is no Trump supporter. She's no conservative, right? She's someone that's on this neocon, neoliberal spectrum. 
which comes from the Brookings Institute, which is not exactly known as a bastion of conservatism, right? She also, by the way, is the guy who introduced Igor Dinchenko, who was one of the sources of the Steele dossier, to none other than Christopher Steele himself. But listen to what she's admitting there, and that's back from 2019, from the first impeachment of President Trump, which was, by the way, all about a phone call with who? Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. Isn't it interesting, by the way, can we just take a step back and say, why is it that all of a sudden our government and our country was talking and so focused, so laser focused on these events that were taking place thousands of miles away? Why did that phone call lead our regime and our national security agencies like the whistleblower, like Vindman, like so many others, and balloon up into an actual impeachment, only the third impeachment that we've ever had as a country, as a nation, as a history in the United States, was all over a phone call to Zelensky that they didn't like. The powers that be didn't like this phone call. They didn't like what was said on this call. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Kind of interesting when you had one person saying, I wanna investigate Burisma, I wanna investigate Hunter Biden. I wanna know why all of this money was coming out of Ukraine and flowing into the Biden family's pockets. Just a thought, just a thought. But go back to the actual content of what Fiona Hill admitted there. She said that Vladimir Putin viewed US fracking technology and the new technology that was coming out of the US as far back as 2007, as 2011, as a direct threat to Russian interests. And of course, he's completely right. It is a threat to Russian interest. Why? Because if fracking technology comes online and as it's come online here in the United States, and it's been used to exploit where? The Permian Basin, the shale, the Marcellus shale find in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and in New York, where of course it's been found but not actually exploited because of environmental laws, as well as other deposits offshore or up in Alaska, other areas, right? These are places where the U.S. then would be able to come online, bring natural gas online, and then sell that to the world. And what happened from 2016 or really 2017 on through 2021, the United States, for a brief moment, a, a brief moment in time, became energy independent, not only independent, but energy dominant. The United States even became a net exporter of oil and natural gas under the Trump administration. How were they able to do this? By increasing domestic supply. It really just comes down to supply and demand. There's a law of supply and demand. And Putin understands this because he says, look, I want Russia to be the only source of oil and natural gas for the European uh, energy market. We want to be the ones that keep those homes in Germany and everywhere else warm during winter. And what did Russia do? What did Russia do in order to try to fight the United States. Well, according to Daily Signal, all the way back in 2017, lawmakers cite evidence that Russia had been colluding, bankrolling U.S. green groups to do what? To block fracking technology. So you've heard of this massive green movement, the huge anti-fracking uh, movement that exists in the United States. Well, funny enough, there's actually been evidence that who was pulling the strings on this and who was bankrolling these guys, it was none other than Russia. 
Of course it was. Why? Because it's detrimental to their interests. They don't want fracking. They don't want the U.S. to be able to get into the LNG market. They want, or they wanted, you know, we'll see if this comes back online. They wanted Nord Stream 2. They wanted to be the only place, the only place that Europe would be able to get its energy from, its fossil fuels, because renewables haven't been able to come online. And, and thanks to people like Greta Thunberg, they've also gone away from nuclear. You saw Germany shutting down their nuclear uh, program. But just in the past week or so, Germany has seemingly, seemingly flipped on all this. Now, I want to caution everybody on it. The same way I cautioned and I've been cautioning people, be very careful about spreading propaganda. Because in the past, you know, I want to institute something that I call the 24-hour media rule when it comes to Ukraine. Wait 24 hours after you hear something from Ukraine before you actually internalize it or you accept it. Because we've seen so many of these stories just be shot down within 24 hours. You know, these people are alive. Oh, no, they're dead. You know, this thing was blown up. Actually, it wasn't blown up. This thing was happened. No, it actually was this one. No, stop. Just stop. And Germany, same idea. Are they really going to leave Nord Stream 2 off? Or are they just doing it for PR purposes? Well, with everything going on in the world today, um, we just did get it done CPAC. Uh, we had a little bit of a flight issue on the way back, so we ended up having to drive with the whole family back up from Florida. Not so fun. But what was nice was that we had the My Pillows with us, with the Bible stories, the little kids, right? So they were able to have those the whole way back. We actually got to see Mike Lindell very quickly at CPAC. And we got to see him and have time uh, for him to meet with the kids. So we got to meet Jack-Jack. He got to meet AJ. And we told him about the Bible pillows. They said that we love our pillows. And he was really happy to see them. So, you know, continue to support those. Support yourself. Support your kids. Support your family. MyPillow.com. Promo code POSO or MyPillow.com slash POSO. You go there. You get all the deals. You can see all the specials that are going on right now. By the way, Mike Lindell at CPAC at one point when President Trump was speaking actually gave him a shout out. Mike Lindell stood up, got a standing ovation from the entire room. I went and pinned that video so everybody can see it. Just a great feel-good moment for a guy who's a great American and a great patriot. And since we are talking about things that are happening here at home, we have to remember that while the world and while the, the vast reaches of the globalist American empire are what brought us up to the doorstep of Russia, we have to remember what's going on here in the United States. We have to remember what's going on in our national capitals and even here in the West. So all last week, we weren't talking about this. We were talking about what's going on up in Ottawa. We saw a massive crackdown on truckers, people who went out, an actual worker uprising. And what did Trudeau do? Well, Trudeau went, cracked down on them, took away their bank accounts, went after people's bank accounts just for donating to support the truckers. This is the kind of authoritarianism that's been going on in the West. And yet we're supposed to turn around and act like, oh, well, those authoritarians in the East are bad. They're, they're the ones you have to worry about. Don't worry about what we're doing when we're the authoritarians here at home. How does that make any sense? Of course, it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous and it's disgusting. But that's what happens when you cede the moral high ground. You become authoritarian and then they will turn around and throw it back in your face. It's exactly what it's been doing exactly what's been happening. Now here in the United States as well, we just got word that a 37-year-old man, a protester from January 6th, Matthew Perna, has committed suicide while awaiting sentencing for January 6th. That his own government, his own system of justice 
pushed him so hard and so far that he committed suicide. He killed himself. And they say when you kill yourself, you're not just killing yourself, you're killing the whole world. Did you feel like you've gotten to that point of despair? And studies have shown, and you know, if you look at military suicide, you look at uh, 22 a day for after the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, these wars of adventurism that we undertook, and then coming home and giving these people Oxycontin, getting them hooked on opioids, making it deaths of despair. That's how we treat our own people. We actually have a video of Mr. Perna that I'd like to play for you so he can explain okay. in his own words what was um, going on. Who, who is Matt Perna? I'm... For about four or five years now, I've, I've really had a passion about learning about how the body works, you know, about um, discovering different alternative, um, you know, products, technologies, remedies that people can incorporate into their lives just to help them. You know, so, much, so many family out there suffering from so many different conditions and it kind of, it breaks my heart and my family was kind of directly touched by it. Um, so that kind of really spurned in me a passion to, um, you know, just kind of participate in the shift where people are looking for, for safer, more, you know, alternative, more effective and more affordable options. So I do, um, it's always going to be a passion of mine. Uh, my day job, I do work as a financial advisor for a terrific company. So um, it's kind of like what I do during the day, quote unquote. Um, but the holistic stuff, the health stuff is, is always kind of a passion. Wasn't violent. Door was open, went in with a bunch of other people. And was facing 20 years? Was facing 20 years for that. If that were anybody else, it would be a fine. If these people were on the left, if this was some, you know, climate justice group, BLM group, they'd get a fine, community service, probation, that type of thing. But no, these guys get 20 years for walking around their own Capitol building without permission. Didn't attack any officers, anything like that and they wanted to give him 20 years. You people better wake up. This is what's going on in your own capital. This is what's going on in your own country while they try to distract you with the events thousands of miles away. We are a law and order state in the state of Florida. We reject weak on crime policies. We reject Soros-funded prosecutors. And we have said, after the 2020 summer riots, we called up the National Guard here immediately. We had law enforcement. We said we are not letting Florida cities burn down, and we didn't. But we've also since then signed the strongest anti-rioting legislation in the country, which says we will not let local governments defund the men and women of law enforcement and put their citizens at risk. And. If you riot in the state of Florida, if you loot, if you are engaged in mob violence, this is not going to be like Portland, where they arrest you, take your mugshot, slap you on the wrist, and put you right back on the street to do it again. No, in Florida, you're not getting a slap on the wrist. You are getting the inside of a jail cell. Well, good on you, Governor DeSantis. We've now getting word that Governor DeSantis was recently requested by the Biden administration to send Florida National Guard for what? For tonight's State of the Union address here in Washington, D.C. Now, you might be asking yourselves, 
Why exactly would the Florida National Guard, which is has a mandate to you know defend Florida uh, and 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 help with humanitarian disasters, of course the hurricanes that hit Florida, et cetera, et cetera. Why would they need to be augmenting as a force all the way up in Washington D.C. for the State of the Union? Well, we know there's a trucker convoy coming in. I don't think it's a good idea, by the way, to send a convoy into Washington D.C. right now for various reasons, but. Have there been any reports of actual, you know, threats to the State of the Union or anything like that? Going around here right now on Capitol Hill, we can see there's National Guard over all the streets leading up to the Capitol. There's police all over the place. They've been out for days uh, preparing, you know, understanding what's going on in the area, getting a sense of the of the rhythms, you know, the sort of the life blood of that situation, the pattern of life of those areas. But Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, has said no. He has rejected the Biden administration's call for Florida National Guard to be sent to be sent to Washington, D.C. for this State of the Union address. And I applaud this. I simply applaud this. Remember, the Biden regime took power with a military occupation of Washington, D.C. that lasted for months. They had barricades all around D.C. They had check military checkpoints if you wanted to get into your own nation's capital. Now, fortunately, here we are a year later, we've had the March for Life, you had the March Against the Mandates, and they were both completely peaceful. So we're starting to see more of these populist marches finally start to take place again. And this convoy potentially might come to Washington, D.C. for this. And I pray to God that if they do so choose, even though I don't think it's a good idea, I pray to God that everything is peaceful and everything is okay. Because I look at that thing and I say, this is ripe for infiltration. This is ripe for agitation. You get bad actors in there and they could be doing all sorts of nefarious activities to make that convoy turn into something that nobody ever intended. But at the same time, you've got people in there who want to make a point about this government, they want to make a point about the federal mandates, and they want to make a point about vaccine mandates. I understand that. And I also, and I also understand the First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. 100%, get all of it, support all of it. That being said, as a tactician and a strategist, I'm simply pointing out that this tactic was already used in Ottawa, it was already used in Canada, and it's already been revealed. So you better believe that they've got a plan, a counter plan, waiting for you. That is all the time we have for Human Events Daily. Our first episode back in the saddle here in Washington, D.C., following a very successful CPAC. But keep in mind, even though we did have a good time at CPAC, got to speak, my um, speech is out there. You guys can go watch it from high noon on Saturday. It was the opening act for, uh, for President Trump. But remember, there is a war on. We applaud the Ukrainian people who are fighting for their freedom, who are fighting for their homes. But at the same time, we have to be very careful about escalating this war any further. And what do we do? We pray for peace. And I'm going to ask you to do your homework, share this out with one of your normie friends, leave us a five-star review. But at the same time, go and read this book. I mentioned it earlier, The Guns of August. That's what President Kennedy read during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Remember his words. Look up a summary if you don't have time. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Go look up The Guns of August. Do not escalate this war further. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>